This is the podcast for the journal Genetics and Medicine, published by Springer Nature. It's the official journal of the American College of Medical Genetics and Genomics. I'm Cynthia Graber. Despite all the tools available for the clinical diagnosis of neurodevelopmental disorders, about half remain undiagnosed, says Stefan Rentis, a laboratory genetics and genomics fellow at the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. So even though we have this capacity to look across the genome for these different types of variants, um, it still turns out that in a lot of circumstances, even if you have a high suspicion for a Mendelian disorder or in a patient that even after testing, um, it's negative. And so there's really a, a strong need to kind of uncover why that's the case and why there might be patients that are not being diagnosed. And if there's new technologies in place that can be used to um, kind of find these diagnoses in these patients. There are a number of reasons a Mendelian disorder might be missed using current techniques. It might be a lack of knowledge that scientists don't yet have enough information to recognize all the variants that might be causing the disorder. Or it could be that the disorder is caused by the non-protein coding parts of the genome, the ones that are important for instructing how genes are turned on or off, or could, for instance, affect gene splicing. And so to look into the second scenario, Dr. Rentis and his colleagues focused on RNA sequencing. But because RNA sequencing encodes transcription, they came up against their first challenge. When we approach this this question, we're thinking, you know, we're interested in neurodevelopmental disorders, and obviously the best tissue source for a neurodevelopmental disorder would probably be something from cells that represent that neural lineage. But that's obviously very difficult to get from a patient, if not impossible. So, you know, we're left with what's the next best available tissues that we can get. And blood is is sort of the easiest one that you can always access. But the other tissue source that you can get and or produce is lymphoblastoid cell lines. These are cell lines that are created from blood cells and have a longer lifespan and are well-suited to genetics research. Dr. Rentis and his team first compared LCLs to blood cells in terms of the expression of genes involved in neurodevelopmental disorders. And as a first step from that analysis, we found that there was significantly more of these neurodevelopmental genes that were expressed in the LCLs compared to blood is about 1.8 fold more. And what was also interesting to see was that of the genes that are expressed in blood, LCLs express 95% of them. So you're not really missing any information if you're doing RNA sequencing from LCLs compared to blood. And if anything, you're now gaining significantly more genes to study. They analyzed the genes expressed and found they could capture genes that are causative of more than 1,000 disorders. So we established that lymphoblastoid cell lines are fairly easily obtainable from patients, and they make for a good model to perform RNA sequencing on for the diagnosis of neurodevelopmental disorders. And so our next step was to validate an LCL RNA-seq diagnostic pipeline. To do so, they took 10 patients from the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia who have a diagnosis of Cornelia DeLange syndrome and whose variants are already known. The team cultured LCLs and then performed RNA sequencing on those cells to see whether the sequencing could confirm the diagnosis. So what we were able to find when we looked at our 10 positive samples was that we were able to identify abnormal splice products in seven out of seven of our validation Cornelia DeLange syndrome LCLs. So these were patients that had the known splice variants. So we were able to detect abnormal splicing in each of those patients. And then we were also able to identify two out of the three pathogenic coding variants using RNA sequencing. As a final step, the team tested RNA sequencing on patients at the center who had Cornelia DeLange syndrome, but no known genetic diagnosis and who had LCLs available to see if they could find a genetic link. And that turned out that to be the case for three out of those five patients. And so the remainder then is two patients. And so from those two, 
you know, we don't have an answer for them yet. And it could be that the 14 genes that we did our analysis on wasn't sufficient. There, there could be new genes that we have yet to discover that could be causing phenotypes similar to Cornelia DeLange syndrome. Alternatively, it'd be a benefit to perform genome sequencing on them. They could have some sort of structural change or something happening in this region that we're missing by the current methods that we've used. Dr. Renta says this research demonstrates that RNA sequencing can help provide new diagnoses for patients with neurodevelopmental disorders and that LCLs provide an important source of cells for RNA sequencing. I think one of the things that's going to evolve from this RNA-seq work and from other people's RNA sequencing in, in a diagnostic setting is that we might need to change how we do some of our interpretation. I think that we put a lot of stock, and rightly so, into wanting to identify the genomic variant that's causing the abnormality in the gene. But for RNA sequencing, it can look at sequence variants, but you can also see a functional output, which is what is the the transcript product that's being produced. And so I think there's going to have to be discussions on trying to determine how satisfied we'll be with just knowing that we're seeing this disrupted transcript. It's in the gene that matches the patient's phenotype, and therefore we have a diagnosis. And we can say that with confidence, even though we don't know what the causative genomic variant may be at this time. And he says there's, of course, more research ahead. We focused on Cornelia DeLange syndrome, but I think this needs to be expanded out to other disorders. You know, we make a case that LCLs do a better job than blood, but I think there needs to be more work to really prove that and that there is value in spending the time to create a a patient cell line to do this work. Genetics and Medicine is the official peer-reviewed journal of the American College of Medical Genetics and Genomics and is published by Springer Nature. I'm Cynthia Graber.